This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Dedicating the final 25 minutes or so to all things Mr Shane Warne, ICC cricketer, uh, cricket, sorry, Hall of Fame. He is, well, only Mutaya Muralithanen has more test wickets than Warney. He captained Rajasthan Royals, lest we forget, to victory in the inaugural IPL back in 2008. And he is the man, of course, that still gives poor Mike Gatting sleepless nights to this very day. More on that in just a second. Shane Warne, though, Rob, is a proud Englishman growing up at the height of Shane Warne's powers. What does the name Shane Warne mean to you? Yeah, he sort of epitomised the kind of baggy green Australian tormenting of English <laughs> yes, batsmen and, and just kind of generally Australia's preeminence over not just England but, but all the teams yeah. during, the, during his heyday when he was partnering up with Glenn McGrath and, of course, they had people like Brett Lee and, you know, just they had a, a really great, Bowl up, uh, bowling lineup, uh, and they also had people like Ricky Ponting in bat. They had the War Brothers. I mean, they just had oh. so many great cricketers: Justin Langer, Maddie Hayden, all of those guys. Yeah. And Shane Warne was really just the 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 man that would strike fear into any batsman on a, on a turning pitch. You know, as soon as that pitch started to get a bit of wear and tear. Warney would come on and there would always be, it would usually be Gilchrist, obviously keeping wicket, going, ah, they're great, Warney! <laughs> and it would Shall always I? be him. Yeah. They wouldn't do it for other batsmen. I, I also wondered, why is it just for spinners that there's so much back chat on the mics? They never do that for seamers. <laughs> He's like, well, bow, Warney! Like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you and mean. And then there's all sorts of chit-chat like this. <laughs> um, but it was just sort of, and Warn would be chewing gum. Uh, and he'd have this peroxide blonde hair. Yeah. And actually, I, um, I was lucky enough to play a game of golf with him at Emirates Golf Club about three years ago when he was over for the Icons series. I played oh, with yeah. him, him and Michael Vaughan, uh, which was a very random, surreal game of golf. Did you um, play well? I played okay, yeah. They, they were both off about 14 handicap, and they were needling one another. Oh, yes. And they were having an extremely competitive game of golf with one another. They were completely ignoring myself and the other amateur in the group. They were very much involved in their own no, little private fine. battle. But it was good. It was good to be an onlooker into that. And we will actually hear more of that little spice between Michael Vaughan and Shane Warren a little later in this interview. But, uh, well, I want to start with what has become known in cricketing folklore as the ball of the century. It is just worth reminding you, it was actually Warney's first ever test delivery on English soil. It was his first ball in an Ashes series, it was a man who was supposedly, and listen, when I say supposedly, a man who was a bit of an expert facing the spin. It was Mike Gatting. Let's just hear a little clip to remind you all of that moment. First ball in Test cricket in England for Shane Warne. And he's done it. Gatting has absolutely no idea what has happened to it. He still doesn't know. What a start for Shane Warne. Mike Gatting bowled Warne for four. England two for 80. And all of a sudden, even after one delivery, orders changing the field. I don't think the commentary gave that no. ball the credit it deserved. Really I don't not. think they even knew what was going on, those yeah. boys. I mean, it literally, it turns at a right angle, yeah. almost. I mean, it's just... Well, it turns in such a bizarre angle, yet still clips the stumps. That was the amazing thing. It turned across Gatting. Yeah. And, and, a actually, big and actually whisked past his, it would be his left thigh. Right thigh. Yeah, right no, thigh. No, right thigh. You're right. You're right. right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it just clipped the absolute top edge of that bale on the left stump. And it I was mean, just, ah, oh, 
it was incredible. Well, I did ask Warney, and there was loads that we did discuss over a 20-minute little chat down at Kickers Sports Bar, down, of course, at Dubai Sports City, our home, every Thursday. And I wanted to find out, because the Mike Gatting uh, ball of the century has been discussed to death. Does he ever get fed up with it? No, I love it. I mean, it was a ball that changed my life. It was a ball that... Um you know, it was as a leg spinner, you try and bowl a perfect leg break every single time, and that was the perfect leg break. So, thank you to Mike Gatting for missing it, uh, which was pretty cool. And it was, you know, one of those deliveries that was, um, and things that I think was meant to be. But um, yeah, it was a pretty special ball. Oh, it certainly was a special ball. They don't, they've not really, uh, I guess, there's been nothing that's come close in a lot of ways. Just 27 because seven years ago, that ball, 1993. How yeah. old would Shane be now? He's nearly fifty. He is. In fact, he may even be 50. He still looks a million pesetas, by the way. He really does. He keeps himself in good shape, does Warney. And, uh, uh, well, there is a little clip that I will play out at the end of this interview that will make you all chuckle. But uh, let's get into the meat of this interview because, of course, Shane Warren has been in and around the Indian Premier League since day dot. You go back to 2008, he was the only uh, overseas captain as it was in the first edition back in 2008. He actually masterminded, he was the talismanic figure for the Rajasthan Royals as they won the inaugural uh, IPL back in 2008. And I wanted to get his, his opinion on how the IPL has evolved, as well as that of the Rajasthan Royals. And he had this to say. Yeah, it's been an interesting journey. I think when we first started in 2008, uh, it was the first time cricket was, T20 cricket was probably taken seriously. Before that, it was a bit of hit and giggle and, you know, people grow funny moustaches or beards and that and dress up in the old, old clothing. Uh, I remember Australia New Zealand playing and they, you know, they just, it was just a hit and giggle. Yeah. And people said, oh, this is ridiculous. They're true cricket lovers. And then, so just fast forward on that point to see where T20's at now. Um, you know, it's a fantastic form of the game and I think it's helping all the other forms of the game uh, to getting children, families and everyone come to the cricket. Obviously not in these times, but that's what we've seen in recent years. So it's been a fantastic uh, thing for the game of cricket. As far as the Royals go, uh, it was Moneyball really the first year. Um, different statistics that the owners were looking for to buy players. Um, underdogs, no-name sort of players that hadn't played first-class cricket. One of the guys, Dinesh Shalunko, had won a TV competition, um, came in the squad. Um, so we had six different cultures. Uh, I was the only non-Indian captain. I was captain coach. Um, so to gel those people together in that first year, I, I think there was two things in, that made the IPL. And I, I think, first of all, was Brendan McCullum's knock of 158 or whatever he got off however, not many balls. Then the first game, it was like, wow. And then I think the story of the Royals, you know, cheapest franchise, no-name players, retired ex-has-been as captain coach, only non-Indian, people who hadn't played first-class cricket, I think we grab the hearts of everyone and I think whoever they support, everyone always keeps an eye on the Royals and to go on and win it gave credibility that the underdog come good. Everyone loves the underdog story coming good. So I think those two things really helped the IPL in the first year. And then the involvement of the Royals is basically we're the innovators of the competition. We're always looking for new things. We encourage young talent. Uh, We identify young talent. We play a different way to most of the other franchises. And I think we, we play a brand of cricket that's exciting. It's never stress-free. You know, when you watch the Royals, it's always on the edge of your seat. So I think we're a very family-orientated franchise, and I think we've evolved. We've probably we've won it once. There's been a few franchises that haven't won it at all. We're not, we haven't got the big Indian superstars. We haven't got any Indian players that play for India. 
Um, so it's we've got, we rely more on the internationals, but also unearthing the younger talent, and they get into the environment where they can then hopefully go on and play for India, like a Sanju Sampson to play and play. You know, over the years with Jadeja, Yusuf Patan, Munar Patel, all these guys. So hopefully, there's a few people like the Tawatias and Sanju Sampsons and SG with his legs, but that these guys can go on and play for India too. I don't know if it's me, Rob. One thing with Warney, and I always feel perhaps he doesn't get, certainly to maybe people that are fair-weather cricket fans, that think of Warney as this larger-than-life character. The, other, the, the thing that really strikes you when you're in his company is just how knowledgeable he mm. is about the game, oh, yeah. how it's played tactically, but more than that, the players, the strengths, the weaknesses of players, and you don't have to be in his company long to realise like Michael that, Vaughan actually yeah, in that regard. They, they live. I mean, Warney, you know, he lives and breathes it he as does. much as he enjoys the other things in life. But, no, no, but he he's does. And, and cricket yeah, man, proper cricket man. I think because of his on on field persona, yeah. he probably doesn't get maybe as much respect for his sort of his knowledge insight. and his insight. Yeah. And, and uh, well, I mean, let's be honest, he's the greatest spin bowler that's ever lived. I'm sorry, Mariah, Matthias. Let's put that one there. But he is. I think he is. I'm you definitely pick oh, I'm all day long, all day long. Okay, then four zero zero one. Let's put it out. There. I know we've we've debated that before, but yeah, uh, I, I just think that he is someone who uh, has really immersed themselves in the world of broadcast. Yeah, and, he's very and good. Cricket is great for that. If you look at some of those good. guys as well, Michael Holding, Michael Atherton. You know, uh, Nasser Michael Hussein. Vaughan I'm well, a fan of as well. They're all they're all Graham Smith now, South African as well. Rajasthan are of course in action again tonight. We'll give you a score update in just a moment. They're actually coming into tonight's match. Three wins, four losses from their seven matches thus far. It was only right given the fact that he does bleed blue. Does Shane Warne? He's been involved. He still is involved in the franchise. He is an ambassador for Rajasthan and wanted his verdict on what he's seen from the side thus far. Well, we hit the ground running. I thought the preparation was fantastic. The boys. The first couple of games were outstanding. They're in charge, they're on a small ground, not sure what to expect for some due. Um, and then we chased the biggest score ever in the IPL history, beat our own Rajasthan Royals in 2008. So to chase 220 odd was a pretty amazing effort. And then from there, we lost four in a row, which was pretty disappointing. Uh, come up against a couple of good teams, but we haven't had our big guns haven't really fired yet. So a lot of the guys like Tawatia. Uh, SG with a ball, some of Tiagi, the young fast bowler, and a few others at times. Sanju Sampson in the first few games was great. Um, so if you know the Stokes and Smiths and Butlers um, start to fire, I think that uh, the Royals could actually go on and win it because I think we've got quite a good squad. Um, you know, we've got the probably the best fast bowler in the competition in Archer. You know, Rabada and Boomer are very good too, but. Now, Jofra Archer is just, you know, he's fantastic. So, you know, if we've got Archer firing like he is and a few of our big guns with a bat fire, I can't see why the Royals couldn't win it. He's got to say that, hasn't he? I mean, he's not wrong in all of that. If Rajasthan do start to fire, then they'll be there or thereabouts. A whole range of subjects were discussed, and one of those was Ben Stokes. Now, he is part of this exciting Rajasthan Royal sides. host of big names from overseas, like Steve Smith, Josh Butler, David Miller, Tom Curran, Joffrey Archer and Stokes himself. Now, he was, was Ben Stokes, a late arrival right here in the country because, of course, he has been spending some time with his seriously ill father, Jed. He is, unfortunately, battling brain cancer back in his native New Zealand. Now, of course, I didn't want to press Shane on all of that. That's personal. What I did want to press Shane on is his thought on Ben as the player and it's fair to say he paid him 
the ultimate compliment. Ben Stokes, I mean, we, you know, he's probably the best cricketer on the planet at the moment. Uh, I think if you're picking a world 11 T20 side, I think we've probably got three of the players that would be in it. You know, you pick Butler at the top, you yes. Um, you pick Stokes in there, yes, as the all-rounder. And uh, Archer, he's in as well. So we've got three of probably the world 11 T20 players. Um, so I think, you know, we're, we're pretty good shape there. But Stokes, he, he brings an energy to the group. There's not many people in the world that, when they play, can drag the rest of the team with them. Um, I think Ben has that capability of doing that. And I think just his energy, just his presence the other day to the team um, helped them get over the line. What is that, Shane? Is that strength of character or is that you just going out and getting the job done on the field? What is it? That well, it's a combination, yeah. It's a combination of one, knowing that you can do it, two, that you've done it, and three, I think the opposition are sort of scared and they fear what you could do. Um, so I think when Ben walks on the field and makes the others walk a bit taller, gives them a bit more belief. Uh, and I think the opposition are afraid too. So it's a, he's very handy to have. Yeah, I wanted to know as well, who was the player that stood out for Warren during his heydays, who like Stokes, the, that ability, and it's a unique one, to lift the performances of those around him? Merv Hughes is one of those guys uh, that we played with that he... He had it, I think, playing against people. I think guys like Andrew Flintoff had it a bit uh, at times. In the 2005 Ashes, he definitely had it. Um, there's been a few players over the years that probably had that ability to drag the players with them. Um, and, and that's a pretty special trait to have. Now, one of my favourite interviews that I've conducted with ARN over the years, and we've said this before, Robbie, Brian Lara. Mm. It was a bit impromptu. He down yeah. at Emirates Golf Club. Yeah. He was in a great mood. And we got some genuine, fascinating insight. A real deep dive into the mind of a, of a top sportsman. And what always stuck with me is he said that Warney never gave him sleepless nights. It wasn't Warney. I think he, he referenced Shoa Bakhtar. He, he referenced the Pakistani boys, uh, Wazim Akram. Those were the kind of guys. And, yeah. and that wasn't a slight yeah, against well, just, He just obviously, he saw his yeah. ball. You know, and he, Sometimes you get an opponent on the field exactly and you enough. just read them particularly well. And listen, I did point out that to Shane. I said, listen, I'm not being disrespectful, but Lara said that he enjoyed coming up against you, that you didn't give him sleepless nights. And I had to ask, who then for Warney sta- stood out? And you know, during his heyday, who stood out above all others as the very best that he faced on the cricket field? Yeah, I mean, there were so many good players uh, in that time. Um, but I think, you know, there was, very, there was a lot of great players. Um, but I think there was two players that were legends that stood out in my time. I mean, I got in the side, made my first class debut in 1990, and I finished playing uh, Big Bash in 2013. So I played for 23 years. Um, obviously watched a bit of cricket before that and been watching since. So the best part of 30-odd years of being involved, I think there's two players that have stood out. That is Brian Lara and Sachin Tendulkar. I think those two guys are up here. Then you have the rest. And that's not a criticism. That's, you know, you've got guys like Graham Gooch and Ricky Ponting and Jacques Callas and all those guys that were great players. But there was two standouts at that time. That was Lara and Tendulkar. They were exceptional players. They were brilliant players. They... Um, and they were probably the guys that I found the hardest to bowl to. Um, and I, but I enjoyed their battle. Some days I won, some days they won. And um, they both of them probably had the better of me over my whole career. Um, but I think the three of us sort of flew the flag of cricket in the 90s and things. I think the three of us have all become great friends. And the three of us, you know, people say, oh, the big three. But I think the three of us were, you know, we made cricket cool. You know, we tried to make it cool. We made it entertaining. And I think people enjoyed watching us play. They enjoyed our battles. 
um, and they enjoyed the competition. So, yeah, those two guys really stood out. I love that stuff from Shane Warren. But I did ask him, you know, what's he got planned? This will make an awful lot of you chuckle. It's been a while since I've been out, so look out, I'm off the leash. (laughs) That is Shane Warren. He's (laughs) off the leash. You'll probably find him somewhere in Dubai, I'm sure. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.